0: Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It is officially time to begin one of my favorite exercises we do here at CR, a tradition that began last season, but one we hope to carry into each and every college tennis season moving forward. That, of course, is an exercise we refer to as NCAA Press Row, where I attempt to speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches prior to the start of the NCAA tournament round. Of 16. Now, each of these conversations you'll hear over the next few days will be relatively similar in format. I want to talk to each of these coaches about their NCAA opening weekends, what allowed them to advance to this NCAA Sweet 16. Then I want to recap the season, where things stand. I want to talk about each team's best win of the year, the match they perhaps would like to replay the most from the course of the season. We'll talk about the team MVP, the most improved players that have made the success possible for all of these teams this season then of course I got to pick the coaches brains about some big picture topics I want to talk about the super regional format going to the top eight seeds for this round of 16 versus the traditional all sweet 16 matches are played at one location format what do these coaches prefer still very early in the exercise of determining if the super regional is worthwhile but always fun to hear the coaches initial reactions and then of course we'll try to preview all of these sweet 16 matches I will try to coax as many match calculi as I I can from each of these coaches, what is their pathway to four points? How do they project their team's success moving forward throughout the NCAA tournament? We'll talk about all of that and so much more. Again, have a jam-packed week of content prepared for all of you listeners as we get all of you ready for the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. Of course, you're going to be able to find each of these conversations both here on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well as on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, you will also hear the same intro-outro on each of these podcasts. I do apologize for that fact. Just makes life a little bit easier, a little bit cleaner for both myself and super producer Daniel Westoff. But again, over the next five days, I will attempt to speak with each and every men's and women's head coach remaining in the 2022 Division I NCAA tournament. Of course, the reason we're able to do that here on the Cracked Interviews podcast is because of the support we get from all of you college tennis fans out there who have tuned in week in, week out. We are immensely grateful for that fact. Also, I have to give a huge shout out to our friends at Swing Vision who, of course, are on the forefront of all artificial intelligence innovations happening within the tennis world. If you are a college tennis head coach listening to these podcasts, if you are a player, if you are someone with high-level tennis aspirations, download the Swing Vision app today. You'll have access to more data, more things to improve your tennis game than you ever had before, all within the palm of your hand in an app on your phone. So again, learn more about our friends at Swing Vision by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. I promise all of you, it is the most efficient way to improve your game in the modern day. A huge thank you to our friends at Swing Vision. Use that promo code CRACK20 when you sign up. But again, appreciate all of their support for this show. With that said, again, press row coming up. Going to try and speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches before the start of the NCAA round of 16. With that in mind, let's get to this interview. Hey, crack fans. One location with our friends at Swing Vision.
1: The man is crazy. The amazing
0: Mr. Please. Joining us on the podcast once again today, a returning champion on our Cracked Racket shows. And that's right, folks, today's guest, top three amongst college coaches in all-time appearances on the Cracked Interviews podcast, a man who has to be feeling good as his USC Trojans playing their best tennis of the season, heading into the NCAA Sweet 16. Welcome back to the show, USC men's tennis head coach, Brett Macy. Coach, how are you doing today? A little jet lag, but I'm
1: all good. Got in a little early last night into Columbus, just uh, getting ready
0: to walk out the door here after we're done and go practice for the first time. Welcome to my neck of the woods. Yes, it is officially May in the Midwest, which is just about the weirdest weather you could ask for, probably in any part of the country. It's going to be 75 degrees and just humid as hell for one hour. Then it's going to pour and be 50 degrees the next hour. So yeah, we're glad to have you here in the Midwest. And, you know, I want to start right away because this is one of those things that I was thinking about before we started today's interview, and it was kind of, you know, I laughed as I thought it. This is only your third year as the head coach of the USC men's tennis team. And again, you have this team seemingly clicking on all cylinders here. Double-digit match, win streak, Pac-12 conference tournament title as well in your back pocket. Does any of this still feel new to you, or do you feel pretty calloused by now? <clears throat> um,
1: I mean, it's my second time around, so... Sure it doesn't it doesn't feel all quite new cuz I, I was here for 5 years before of course um and i would say i'm very you know familiar with everything um out west but i think it's it's been nice to play a full year yeah. um we haven't got to do that yet um since i've been the coach so this is my first full i would say 10 9 10 months mm-hmm. you know just doing it doing it all um since since being back here at USC but no, it's, uh, it's something that we've always prided ourselves in when, you know, back when I was an assistant to now is we play our best tennis at the end of the season. I think, you know, playing outdoors and just kind of the the formula that we're trying to create is starting to finally come to fruition. And it, uh, it's, it's been paying off dividends here in the last couple of months.
0: No, absolutely. And again, looking at your team and, you know, this is a group coming into the season and, uh, you know, I'm going to forget some names I'm sure of who was off the roster from last year, but most, Notably, of course, it was, you know, this feels like a turning of the page for the USC Trojans because the Cookerman, Riley Smith era officially over and, you know, there is no longer, I suppose, a relative of Peter Smith on the team. And so it really is that Smith chapter officially closed and now the Macy era has begun when you look at the team this season 24 and 5 overall there were some lumps certainly at the start of the year but you guys entered this NCAA tournament round of 16 on a 13 match win streak and you know it's it's hard enough to beat a team once let alone twice uh, in a season confidently your guys earned a 4-1 victory over San Diego how have you viewed the progress of your team this season how do you think you guys are playing entering this sweet (coughs) Sixteen? Um, I mean, to say the
1: least, I, I've just been very proud of our guys of what we've, what we've accomplished for one, you know, I, it's a, it, there was three freshmen that started the season in the, in the lineup. Um, and with that, you're always going to have some you know trials and tribulations. You're going to have those hiccups along the way. Um, we had a big one with, you know, one of our players getting injured, but I think that's when our guys finally kind of sucked their feet in the, in the sand and said, okay, it's time to stop getting pushed back we're going to push forward and they, yeah they they all really stepped up from top to bottom and we were able to really make some progress there um obviously as you speak we haven't lost since uh Wojtek broke his wrist you know um well we lost Arizona and then we we haven't lost since knock on wood um but it was really you know I think that was a defining moment for us as well just because the guys knew there and then that you know it's not going to we can't like look in for somebody else to do this for us. They need to start doing it themselves. And I think with that adversity gave them more of a reason to actually start battling even harder. And, you know, we've found some things along the way with our doubles that have really made a difference. I think that's helped. And when you got a player like Steph, who's probably one of the you know best players in the country by far um, and sh- proving it every single week, you know, if you get two points on the board, okay, we got two more to go out of five. Yeah. So that's 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 got to be the magic formula at the moment, Um, you know, and again, it's just something we do. We we train like it. We work hard at the beginning of the season to pay off for April and May. And, you know, the lessons that we're learning in January and February are going to pay off now.
0: I think I was early on the buy stock in Steph train, and I think I'm going to sell actually my position because we've made a tidy profit, and I can go buy a place in Sarasota now or in Lake Nona off of that Steph stock. But everybody yeah, everybody else mean, is selling right now. Yeah, exactly. And so now is my, you know, again, some people would say, no, hold on for the 72 match win streak that's coming. I'm going to say, nah, you know, I'm good at 17. But you know, you talk about that doubles point, and I, I, I want to start there because. I believe you've played 15 different pairings this season, which actually isn't that much higher than many of the teams also in the Sweet 16. But what's most notable to me is you only have two teams who have played more than 10 matches together. And at that number three spot in particular, and I know part of that is due to injury, uh, you guys have played around a bunch with that pairing. That said, you go with uh, Merrick and Rubal in that number three spot against San Diego. They earn a 6-3 victory do you feel like you have your three doubles teams now, or is that something where it may, because you have options on your bench, obviously, where you'll continue to play around based on matchup. I mean, I know potentially the last match here, Sweet 16, but where are you guys with doubles? Um, I mean, your guess
1: is as good as mine in this day and age. Alex. <laughs> you, you never know what's going to happen one day, the next, but yeah. no, it's, it's, um, you know, last week is a little unfortunate, you know, Ryder wasn't feeling very well. And so Vojtek was luckily back in the lineup and we were able to put him in there. Um, I probably would have stuck with him if Ryder was fully healthy. Um, but with that being the case, that's why we went with them. Um, I would venture to say that it could happen. It may not, who knows? Um, I'll let Ty keep guessing. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get, I'm not going to hand out and show him my cards. Yeah, but, uh, I'll, I'll yeah. say this.
0: There's no chance Ty Tucker ever listens to this podcast, but he definitely may have a lackey in the athletic department who he requires to listen for these sorts of edges. So I get I get your thinking there.
1: I will say this. Like, you'll see Stefan and Brad at one no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. they've, they've been there. No, I, I mean, our lineup will be where where it is and what we have it listed as. And, you know, the guys have just done a good job. I don't know, how, like... Things just click sometimes, Alex. I mean, we were fortunate enough to play this tournament called Pacific Coast doubles out in La Jolla, California in March. And we just had a weekend where, you know, I leave it optional for the guys sometimes to go down there and play it. And majority of the guys went and we put low and uh, Peter Mack together and they got to the quarters and they beat some pretty good teams like from Sanford, from forget where else the team from SMU and it's funny, like it's not the first time, and it probably won't be the last, that a team from that tournament has come in to turn into fruition and and has paid off. And those guys have done a remarkable job. I mean, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that I would have put Peter Mack in, and uh, Lodovike Wistrada at two doubles, and they'd be like eight and two right now, and beating teams that are top fifteen in the country. I'm like okay, like yeah,
0: sell me the stock and I'll be, I'll go buy the house in Florida too. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a penny stock. I agree with you. That would have been okay. a big jump. And uh, no, I mean to your point and more broadly, when you look at your team here throughout the course of the season, 46 and 19 in individual sets in doubles, it was a very young group. And not only the, you know, the players, but you bring in Rich in January as well. And I know more is helping out as a volunteer. Also, just a new group in general. You know, one of the questions I want to ask these, uh, all of these coaches is about their inflection points in the season and those turning points. And you talk about Arizona, which is the last time you guys lost. Uh, that was a loss four three for you all, uh, obviously at home, which is not something that happens often uh, to the Trojans. A, is that the match you'd like, most like to replay from the season? But B, was that a turning point for you all? Um,
1: That, yeah, we, we, we talk about it as a team. I mean, you always go back and it's like saying, if you wouldn't have won that set, would we have won the match or would this would have happened or that would have I, You can always play like devil's advocate and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I definitely would want Texas or Arizona back because we were up, set like doubles and five sets or four sets in both of those matches i honestly i'll tell you the match that turned us around for us was when we won the cal match at home okay um we'd beaten Stanford the day before which was a grueling match psychologically just in terms of the emotional aspect of it of that but then we were up and we were cleaning we were cleaning their clocks against cal and they came roaring back and we won on a i mean unbelievable tiebreaker win by Bradley at, at, you know, at number two singles who had been struggling to win some of those matches. And he just kind of kept his head down and he won that match. And that honestly, I think was a huge turning point for us Mm -hmm. going two and on that weekend, winning that match, when he had had a hard time winning out, I mean, a week before he had just served for the match against Texas to win the dual match and lost it and lost in a breaker in the third So a week later, he goes and has the exact same position or two weeks later to to clinch the dual match for us against Cal. Like it's it's pretty, you know, I think that's our, our biggest turning point. And then from there, we've actually just been playing really, really well and confidently since then.
0: Yeah. And no, I would agree with you. Uh, certainly, again, hard to argue there's a team right now in better form than you all. And yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Stanford matches. You guys get three victories over Stanford. Longtime college tennis fans, listeners of this podcast will know one of our favorite anecdotes. It's damn near impossible uh, to beat a team three times in the course of one season. You guys were able to do that. And again, I want to ask, you know, what we'll, we'll get back to Steph, I promise. But I want to ask you about the freshmen because, you know, you look at the records collectively and I know Woj was injured early in the season, so we can throw him out for now. But, you know, Peter's 19 and six. He's won nine consecutive decisions. Ryan's 19 and four. He's won six consecutive decisions. Now, you've been around some very talented freshmen in your day, but what allows these freshmen to click the way that they have? And you know, again, especially under circumstances where you needed them to click this season and it feels like they have. I mean, talent aside, I mean,
1: they're both very talented. Um, You know, I think they're, you know, Peter, we've luckily had him for the entire season and it's come through just constantly pushing him and getting him to understand how this whole thing works and his, his ability has kind of taken over. You know, you always try to put him in a position to be successful, and I feel like we've done that. You know, he's had a good win. I mean, he's one of the probably the lone guys that have beaten J.J. Tracy this year that yeah. no one really knows. He beat him in the fall. Um, it's what's probably gotten him into the NCAA individual tournament. Um, but to do that as a freshman is pretty remarkable, you know, to say the least. Not, not many freshmen get into the NCAA tournament, usually especially playing three and four in your team. Yeah. Um, and But he's had – I mean, he had match points against Murphy casson this year. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, the kid's talented. I mean, I, I I don't know if you guys know this. He's beaten Musetti. Really? Yeah, he beat Musetti in the 2009, you can look it up, French Open first round.
0: See, normally so, those are the sorts of facts I have off the top of my head. I'm a little disappointed in myself right now. I,
1: I, I am too, Alex. That's I'm slipping, hard. coach. This is this <laughs> an
0: unforced error, my bad.
1: <laughs> no, but he, um, he, um, he's just, He's a, a very hard work. He's a very talented. You can see he's very physical. And I think his serve is what's really come around this year that's helped him the most. Um, And just kind of finally kind of figuring out how the system works in college. Yeah. Um, That it's, that it's not about himself, that it's about the group and like every day you got to show up and you got to compete. You know, that's a big deal. Now throwing in Ryan, Ryan Colby, the the talent has always been there. Like Mm -hmm. it's incredible. The amount of talent that's in that kid's hands. Mm -hmm. He has the feel, he has the, you know, the, he has the the power game for a guy that's 140 dripping wet. Yeah, you know, the speed, the quickness. The speed, it's just crazy. Yeah, he's got it all. He's got the three-tool package for sure. Now, he also just has a very competitive mindset. I mean, again, knock on wood, all this stuff. I've never seen a kid who goes down Love 40 and looks over and says, trust, coach, more than that <laughs> kid. And it's like, okay. like, And he goes and he does it. I mean, on a deuce point, I probably – there's probably only a couple guys on the team. I, I don't know if I'd put anybody other than him out there on a deuce point more than him. He just believes in himself. He trusts himself. He knows what he's doing. And he's going to go get it done. Now, he's a freshman like you've know, like you never seen. He's, he makes his freshman air. So, so this is
0: what I was going to huh. ask you quickly, not to cut you off. Yeah. Is he the old? <laughs> I mean, in fairness, you're the oldest you've ever been. But I look at his face and like baby face. Just the definition of a baby face. I feel like that's got to be that you're like, wait, how old am I right now? Like, how old is this kid? Like, right. He is a baby face. I mean, he
1: should be, a, he should have just finished prom like two yeah. weeks ago. I mean, <laughs> he is a senior in high school. Let's yeah. Be honest. But yeah. yeah, no, he's, but he's, he's an outstanding kid. He just, he loves this, this competition so much. And you know, he, he's jumped in here at, in January. That's the biggest surprise. Like having success, I knew he was going to be successful, but to, you know, beat the Alex road of the world to, you know, play at four when we needed him to, he's done an outstanding job. Um, And he's just gritty and he's tough. And, you know, he's definitely earned the respect, you know, on our team across the board for sure. And, you know, you know, across the country as well. I feel like.
0: You get to pick one freshman this year, Peter, Woj, Ryan, or new assistant coach, obviously for you all, Rich Bonfiglio, who are you keeping? I'm going to say rich so you don't get me in trouble. Because <laughs> you <he laughs> might listen fair. Um yeah, the
1: I, other three, the other three, you're going to you're putting me in an awkward position. Yeah. They're all very good. I would take
0: them all. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. why I got them all. How about this? You get to send one away. Is it also rich? You're like, "Yeah, I don't." Yeah. <laughs> Best of both worlds. Um no, I, it makes complete sense there and, you know, with all of that in mind, I want to ask you about your team. MVP of the season probably has to be Steph, right? And I'm curious, when you have a transcendent talent like that at the top of your lineup, when you have something we refer to as the guy, obviously you've been around to Stevie. You know, you know, you were there for Sam Dev. You saw all these guys that have emerged. A, is Steph on that caliber in your mind? And B, what does it mean to, to everyone else to have that presence at the top?
1: Um, He's getting there. Mm-hmm. he's getting to be that, that guy. Um, I mean, he's that guy for us this year and he Certainly. he's a guy everybody looks at and you just see the animal mm-hmm. on court one. So yes, he, he, to say you're Steve Johnson, you can't say that.
0: Yeah, of course. Like no
1: one you gotta, you gotta surpass Stevie and Stevie knows that. I love him. And he was probably the best that will ever play college tennis. If you can match that guy, then that's amazing. Um, but Steph has those it qualities and it factors. I always use them and compare him like he's the Michael Jordan. He's the Mamba mentality. He's the guy that everybody will hate practicing with because he's going to be the, you know what, out there. And he's not going to give you an inch and you're going to walk off the court hating him. And he doesn't care because he wants to win and he wants to be successful. Um, And that's every team needs to have someone like that. Um, And he's earned the right to be that way, I feel like, at the same time.
0: Yeah. No. It's because
1: of his success shows it. If you don't, if you don't have that success, you can't be that way.
0: Yeah. No. I think that's completely fair. And by the way, just for the numbers for everyone, seventeen and zero. Obviously, this season he's won nineteen consecutive matches. He's sixteen and six at one doubles as well. I mean, it's a point and a half on the board.
1: Yeah. And that's. And again, you asked like, is how does it feel with other guys? I feel like in every team, when you know you have the depth on your team and you have that guy up at one. You know, usually you just think, okay, I feel really good. I can go out there and and play a lot more freely, knowing that we're going to get four points. Uh And when you have doubles in the bag, hopefully, you know, which we've been able to do, and then you put Steph up there at one, you're thinking, well, shoot, we're up 2-0, most likely. Like in all intent purposes this year, Uh we've been up 2-0 after every doubles point we've won. Uh So you got to trust the fact that you're
0: going to go out there and get two more matches out of five. That's Like I said, that's pretty good odds typically. No, no doubt about that. I only need to win forty percent. I'll take that over the alternative. By the way, fun fact for you, I found out. Do you know that Will uh, Stevie refers to Blumber? He goes, What's up ten? That's just how he calls him. He goes, Hey, what's up ten? Like, that's just that's just good, clean living. Like that's just another <laughs> victory for Stevie. Um, and so yeah, that that's exceptional. I will ask because and I know this is a bit of a tangent, Do you coach Steph differently this year? Because obviously, first and foremost, you are the USC men's tennis head coach. And your job is to deliver victories for the Trojans for your program. That said, you're also a developer of student athletes, of aspiring professional players. And I know you take that role seriously. Do you leave Steph on his own a little bit more this year to say, hey, this is what it's like on the pro tour, you know, figure it out. Or I'm just curious if it's changed at all for you, how how you approach that this year.
1: Um, I think it's case by case, Alex. Um, sure Obviously, we're working with him day by day in that aspect of the professional aspect of what he needs to do and what he needs to learn how to be and act like for sure. Um, and you know he knows that that's what his aspirations are to become, and he knows his work that needs to be done in the process in order to do it. In terms of the court, there's some days you can just like open him up and let him go, and you're not even turning your head. You're focused on your court, other court that you're coaching you know, but there's other days where out there and he needs to have a serve called for him or he needs to be slowed down or he needs to have a talk about just, just whatever, like something, you know, non-tennis related. He, you know, him and Rich had a good, good week last weekend, um, you know, with that very kind of thought he was in a very kind of, you know, not good head space in the, in the first match that we had. And Rich was able to calm him down and did an awesome job and, he recognized that he didn't need to have so much focus on tennis and there's other days that he needs to be hearing a voice from myself or another coach and telling him exactly what he needs to do. Um, But that comes with maturity and that comes with experience and he's definitely getting better and better at that every single
0: week. Yeah. I mean, again, Anyone who's watched Steph since the moment he walked out on – you know, walked onto campus at USC, he's always been able to hit the pro ball. But it's all the other little things and the nuances and finding the plus one chance and just putting himself in the best position. And, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves, 17-0. and And so the guy is absolutely a stud. With that in mind, I am curious. We know how good he's been. He's probably the team MVP. Maybe you could even argue he's the most improved player as well because making that jump from very, very good to the guy, there's only like four people who make it in a given season. Yeah. That said, we're going to remove him from the equation. Who's been the most improved Trojan from start to finish this season? <sighs> there are a lot of good candidates, I'm sure. I'm going to
1: say it's it's tough. I, I would tell you it was Sam Rebel if he... Um, from when he started here as a, like in, in September to the end of the fall, by far he was the most improved. Okay. He got injured, unfortunately. You know, with, has been battling that, and I think that just hurt his progression. But I mean, from start to finish, in the fall to the end of the fall, that guy was—I I haven't seen a kid elevate himself that quickly. I would say overall, I—I I think Bradley Fry has just done just done a tremendous job. To be honest with you. You know, to step in the role that he's done. I mean, you look at his record, his record at three and four is not very good, but he's like ten and two at two. Like to yeah. say that he's held down the two spot well is 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 remarkable. You know, and you know, he had he had his moments at the beginning of the spring where he was struggling to find himself in his game and he just kept with it and he plugged away. And like I said, that cow match where he got over that hump, winning a seven, six in the third match, you know, a tiebreaker to win the match for the guys. I think just really opened him up. And since then, he's just been playing super confidently.
0: Yeah. I mean, you look for Brad again, he's won three in a row and I know 11 and 10 overall on this season, but it does feel like, and I've said this to you privately, it feels like he's an inflection point player. Like if Brad has won his match, I don't know how you guys lose in yeah. any given dual match. And, you know, again, he's also had to step up into the leadership role. And I'm curious, you know, again, in that vacuum, because Riley and Kuki were Riley and Kuki. You know, they had seen everything and they had earned the right and earned the respect of their teammates, certainly. Mm -hmm. In that vacuum, I'm curious, who stepped up this year? Who has been, you know, again, whether on the practice court, in these matches? I'm sure Brad is one of those guys. But what's it been like for you to see the uh, various team members step into that vacuum?
1: Like everybody has, I think that's what's made us so successful, Alex. Honestly, if you asked me one person, I can't tell you. Sure. Like, But in that middle part of the season, every guy in one shape or form, whether it was Lodovik, whether it was Ryder, whether it was Paul Barreto, everybody's had to step in the in the role at one point or another and help elevate this team. And we haven't made excuses. We haven't like held our head down when the guy was sick or a guy got an ankle sprain or a guy got COVID or – whatever. We just plugged away and we kept working and everybody's like, okay, we got to get four points on the board. And I think that's been, a and we've just, I said at the beginning of the year, no one else necessarily maybe would have believed me outside of our own team, but I knew we had a lot of talent Mm -hmm. and I knew we had the most talent, some in the country, just in terms of our depth, one through nine. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that still today. And that's the fortunality for us is like, if we did have someone's, have to sit down or step away we've been able to step back in and replace that person with a with another great player and you know if you look at the roster that we have right now you know barring Kuki and riley you got guys that are playing in positions that they were maybe a little bit ahead of where they were last year but then we also have guys that are playing in position that was playing lower than they were playing last year sure so just so that we're showing that we have the talent is you know I think you can see it right there
0: yeah Does Brad have one more year Brad so- Brad starting marketing program uh this summer actually and he'll be back for one more season so muscle tough to you and the guys with that in mind i mean pretty much the whole crew is coming back next season and so obviously you know we set it all year long you sometimes got mad at me for saying it. It was a building block year, for sure. Now, not a rebuild year. I want to be clear. Yeah. But this was a year to set the foundation for this nucleus to have the success they're capable of having, not only you know this season, next season, over the next couple of years. That said, you were around the 2020 National Indoor... Ch- I mean, you were coaching them. What am I saying? You coach a National Indoor Championship winning team. Last year's team, if you win that match against Texas... I'm like pretty sure you guys get to the final because there was just an edge to that group. And, you know, Texas was, in my opinion, the one team in the draw that could match that edge. But that said, you've been around good teams. Is this team ready right now? Yeah, I, I
1: believe so. I, if you would have told me two months ago, I, I, I didn't believe it. And I, would, yeah. I told them that. Yeah. I, I sat in the locker room and I yelled at them and you, you probably don't, I can't say the words that I probably said on air, <laughs> but it was, it's at, it was at a moment where I was be honest with them. I was like, this is a team that could always do, do the job and get it done. Are we just going to make it happen or not with it's on you guys. And they've started to make it on them and put it on them. When that, when I saw the team that competed up at, up at uh, Ohio two weeks ago and win a Pac-12 championship and beat a, a Stanford team convincingly, and beat a Cal team convincingly and beat a, a good Washington team, you know, fairly convincingly and go back to back to back. Like I was like, okay, this team finally has got it figured out and they've got it, got it clicking. Now can we just carry it forward? And again, to come out and beat another great, you know, USD team that you had to beat again. You know, we've had to beat multiple teams again, like twice or two or three times, a number of times now this year. And my dad always told me, he's like, it's never easy to beat somebody more than once Mm -hmm. like and to beat a team three times or beat a team like in back-to-back weeks like it's always very difficult that are good and we you know we've been able to do that and i feel like that that shows a lot of mental fortitude that this team has and they're starting to they're showing mature like right in the middle of it Mm
0: Am I allowed to now? By the way, refer because when I give that quote, can I say, well, you know, Coach Macy always says it's really hard to beat a team multiple times, and they're going to say Brett, and I'm going to be like, no, John, like not not Brett, like yeah, you you guys haven't heard from Coach Macy. Um, I like, I mean, I agree with him, and I I would agree with your sentiment as well that clearly this team has developed throughout the course of the year, and you know, with that in mind, you guys are on the road, you head to Columbus. I'm I'm a little bit upset. I was hoping you guys would come to Ann Arbor so you know we could have done this in person perhaps uh exactly. something that would like, fun. yeah it would have been fun I'm you know I was ready for some basketball by the way speaking of which but we'll put that on the back burner for now that said hostile environment in Columbus the Buckeyes have dropped just two points I I they may have dropped a point last weekend so it might be three now but in the regular season they dropped just two points at home throughout the course of the year Obviously, Coach Tucker, you know him well. You know what these Buckeyes are capable of. What do you want to see from, you know, what are you hoping to see from your team? What's it going to take to get over the finish line?
1: Uh, It's just going to be ready to uh, stand up and fight, honestly. Like, talent to talent, I feel like we're matching up with them just completely fine. Are you willing to battle and fight and, you know, not let, I you know, so-called the bullies bully you? And are you willing to just fight with them and say, Hey, I'm here for, I'm here to take on the challenge, you know, let us go. And that's what I'm really like expecting from my guys. I think they're ready for it. You know, it's winter, go home. They know what's at stake. Guys are just going to play. Everybody's going to try to play their best tennis. And are we just going to be, you know, willing to compete at the right, at the right moment and take them down.
0: Yeah, no, it's going to be a fun match. There's no doubt about that. And with that in mind, again, last three questions for you here. Super regional, sweet 16, everyone at one site. Which do you prefer? Uh, I'm a traditionalist in the fact that I I like that the all the athletes get
1: together and see each other, like the men and the women, and get to experience that. Um, but I also think if you were to play this match next Thursday in Illinois at 9 a.m.,
0: I'd you're be there gonna, and the you, fries yeah. would be there. That's it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're going to probably have over a thousand fans at this match, maybe on Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. That's pretty special for our guys. They're, they'll remember that, mm-hmm. you know, people always talk about in our conference, they want to move the tournament from Ohio, And I always beg them, don't do that because you're never going to get an experience of the final like we did or the last two days where you got so many f- kids from the junior tournament or just people from Southern California that drive up, to watch that event, I mean the fans were pa- the stands were packed. You're not going to get that going to playing that tournament at the Barnes Tennis Center. No offense to them, or yeah, sure. at a an, at, even at USC if you played that match, we wouldn't have had that same experience. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that it is, and that's the closest thing to like a, a, a great college atmosphere as you're going to get. And I think you know, hopefully, I haven't experienced it yet. This will be my first time round sixteen at a, at a host site, and. Uh, instead of a neutral site mm-hmm. so I'm you know I, I, I guess I could give you a better answer then but <laughs> sure. I still it's I, I know I answer that in like in two folds. No
0: that's exactly what mm-hmm. I'm looking for though because I do think you need both perspectives and to your point, the more people watching college tennis the better. Um, it's certainly Columbus always going to have the opportunity to bring out a crowd and they always do. And should this match go back to Los Angeles next year, I imagine you guys will make the most of that opportunity and do the same. And I mean, yeah, it it is too early, right? It's just like, this is the second time we're doing this. Maybe let's accumulate a little bit more data, uh, before we figure all of that out. You know, you bring up the Ohio. something I learned, of course, over the course of the past few months, though, The least publicized, but in my opinion, maybe best event of the calendar. When are you going to get the invitation to be the Southern California Maze Cup coach?
1: Uh, Probably when it's legally
0: allowed. Are you not allowed to? That's what I was wondering.
1: Maybe I could. It's also during the season, I think. Mm -hmm. So maybe I can't.
0: But is that rivalry real? Like, How big is the Maze Cup?
1: SoCal versus NorCal?
0: Yeah, it's everything. I think right?
1: it's I think it used to be a lot bigger than it is now. I okay. think now with the way tennis is international and the kids play.
0: I mean, you used to have Steve Johnson go play yeah. against Mackie uh, McDonald leading North yeah. Cal to the victory yeah. is probably the biggest thing he's accomplished in his career.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> it's that's a that's a huge deal like the, back then. Now I don't know if the kids treat it the same, but I could be wrong. It could maybe it can make a comeback.
0: Yeah, that's one of the events like why don't I mean? Because Ohi, you bring up Ohi, and that's you know again, it's a bit of a tangent here, but like they have the boys' singles, the girls' singles, the high school championships, the open draw, and the college all happening at once. That's the recipe. Like to yeah. me, that's why National Camp is in Lake Nona. I like it so much as a host site because it's one of the few facilities where you could do all of those things at once. But it's the the cross-pollination, dare I say the buzzword, it's the synergy, right? That's what it feels like is missing from tennis right now.
1: Yeah, you could get, like, if you could get Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three all playing together at the same site, you'd have something clicking there for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think they should rotate and make, you know, D1 plays at 9 a.m. the first year, then it's D2, then it's D3, and so that way you all suffer. Shared suffering is, you know, as we know, the, the true uh, spirit here. But no, again, with all of that in mind, I mean, I'd ask you for the match calculus. I don't think you're going to give it to me quite yet. But so more broadly, obviously uh, looking forward to this weekend's match. And, you know, there's always an upset throughout the course of the NCAA championship. I guess I'll just ask you, do you want me to pick you guys or not? Because I'm leaning towards the USC pick. But if you tell me don't do it, I'll scrap that immediately.
1: Why would I say don't do it?
0: Yeah, you know, some coaches are like, no, pick against us. Like, that way I can play the clip for our guys. Oh,
1: yeah. No, always I'm always willing to, to take someone who wants to uh, to give us some some favor. So, yeah, go ahead and pick us because you're, uh,
0: you're going to do the right thing. Yeah, no, I think I'm going to go Trojans 4-2. Like, I really, again, your team is I know clicking- Chris would vote for us. Yeah. <laughs> exactly it's just again this team is clicking on all cylinders and again anytime you can enter an NCAA sweet 16 with a 10 match win streak let alone a 13 match win streak I imagine uh, you're feeling pretty good about yourselves but uh, with that in mind obviously coach Macy always a pleasure to get the chance to chat with you immensely grateful I, I can't stress this enough to our listeners you probably deal with more bull from me than any coach out there. I mean, you're on the short list, and uh, I'm immensely grateful uh, for that fact. So always a pleasure to get the chance to chat, and obviously wishing you and the team success and health throughout the remainder of this season.
1: Thanks, Alex. When we'll uh, when, hopefully when we win, we go pl- we can go play some one on one or some knockout up in uh, Illinois. Okay.
0: This is what I'm saying. Or just like, are you guys gonna drop? Let's say, uh, you know what, we're not gonna play the hypothetical. Just come yeah. to Ann Arbor when you're done. And yeah, okay, we'll, yeah, good. we'll come hang out. But as always, Coach, it's a pleasure, and good luck to you all this weekend. Thanks. Fight on. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with another head coach of a sweet 16-bound college tennis team. A huge thank you both to this coach and every coach for taking the time to chat with us here at Cracked Rackets. Again, trying to set the scene for all of you listeners down the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. I've been immensely flattered by the reception we have gotten from all of these coaches who are so willing to participate in this exercise. And again, try to set the scene for all of you listeners try to make sure you maximize your enjoyment through these final few weeks of the college tennis season the plan here is to interview all 32 remaining head coaches now it's only a success if we hit all 32 so I promise you listeners that will be our goal as that is what we were able to accomplish last season again you can find all of those podcasts here on this feed you can find them on our website crackrackets.com a shout out as always to super producer Daniel Westhoff on the ones and twos he has a f- of a dining job to do this week makes all of this content possible so shout out to him shout out to our friends at swing vision as well again learn more about the swing vision app by clicking on the link in the description to this show with all of that said for our fantastic guest our super producer daniel westoff our friends at swing vision from all of us here at both cracked rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you've been listening to another edition of the cracked interviews podcast stay safe stay healthy we'll talk to you all soon thanks everyone